The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. That's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, Walker! So sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! where you put Ricky Starks completely out. And now the question is for you, what is next for the American Dragon? What's next? So, I told my daughter that once she turned seven, I would start finishing up on my career. And she's six right now and i'm a man who keeps my promises especially to the people i love so guess what time is running out not go gently into that good night. If you think I will, you don't know who the hell I am. I am Odysseus, heading home from the Trojan War, and I'm gonna fight the Cyclops. You're gonna have to tie me to the mast so I can face the Siren Song, and I'm gonna kick everybody's head in. Because if this is my last year. If this is my final year, this will be the most epic year of my career. And guess what? I'm calling my shots! And my next shot is this! 10-1. 
Seattle, Washington. Oh, wait a minute. Wrestle Dream. I want to fight the guy who calls himself the best technical wrestler in the world. Zack oh. Sabre oh. Jr. Hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Nigel, look. Trust me, I had the same reaction when I landed here in Ohio, so don't be surprised. Thank you, sweetheart, for clapping for me. It's pretty fitting that you are on collision and I had to sit in catering once again. And this is what I was talking about. The attention always seems to fall on the other person. Reason why I had to whoop Steamboat's ass is to get attention in the first place. And honestly, after Sunday, I think I got everybody's attention. After Sunday, I think I put everybody on notice. After Sunday, I immortalized myself as the man, as the face of collision, as the person that is going to do things that you could have never done in your entire career. I talked a lot about how I was given bread and bread comes and I wanted a full course meal. And I realized when you did not tap me out, when I had to wake up with my face in a crimson mask and I looked at the shower and I saw the blood run down the drain, I realized something. I have graduated from being hungry to now being greedy. And I am going to take, I am going to take, I am going to take and take and take because it's in my nature and it is what I do. You know, Ricky, I wish you would have been a little more patient, because I wasn't done yet. I was in the ring with you on Sunday. I saw what you did Sunday. I saw what was in here! And you know what? I approve. And we say, we say in the BCC, if you want to be with us, you got to bleed with us. And Sunday, oh my God! Come on! Big Bill didn't want to hear anymore. Oh, wait a second. Wait a minute. Did Big Bill go wrong? No! Starks wants to be the one to put it on. Come on, man! I think he's entitled to his panda flesh. Wait a minute, Moxley! BCC coming together! Uh oh And no! Big Bill, the seven-footer, extending the boot! Moxley's already fought tonight. Not a good idea to Look charge and attack a monster Look like at this! Oh! Hey, Black's a bitch! Oh. Was Brian Danielson offering Ricky Starks a spot in the Blackpool Combat Club? Is that what that shirt was? That now Starks is choking Danielson into unconsciousness?
Tell you what, that's the only lie that's been told here tonight by this crowd. Ricky Starks is awesome, but you've got to take umbrage with what he and Big Bill just perpetrated on Brian Danielson. They were tired of hearing what the Dragon had to say. He is the absolute superstar in AEW tonight. Brian Danielson talks about winding down, but this next year will be an odyssey unlike any other. Brian Danielson laying down the challenge for Wrestle Dream. And welcome to the aftermath of AEW Collision. Yes, folks, say it with me. After the collision, we sift through the wreckage. The wreckage, the wreckage brought to you by ChannelAttitude.com. Please subscribe for five dollars a month in the Hami Media Group. This is the wreckage. I'm Chris Ams. That's AMBS, like lambs with Noel or bullshit first thing in the morning. Joining me is my usually unusual co-host with the most from the Port Phillip Coast. Alligators, kangaroos, platypuses, they're all freaks. 
He's the audio master and your representative if you are agreed. Jimmy T, posting say, Bill. Polika la, Chris, and I like how you said ksipna, which means wake up in Greek. That's pretty that's pretty right. good, It's pretty good. But that's actually, right, I was trying to make sure you were awake, so I tried a bunch of different things, and then I finally just copy and pasted whatever the word whatever the word for wake up was in Greek on Google. I copied yeah. and pasted it, and then instantly he went, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. <laughs> but I am a little crook, but I'm not shook. So, yeah. But you know what? I might actually do a live COVID test right here on the wreckage and see if I'm actually got COVID twice, two times. But I doubt it. Go for it. Go for it. I've had COVID, I think, three times already. I know. I'm still alive. No, no hard problems. I'm, I'm all right. Um, all right. So uh, joining us today is the man whom you ought to, on whom you ought to bet, a podcaster, a twitcher, and the motherfucking vet. Vet, welcome to the show. You are a poet. You are a poet, Chris. Uh-huh. You do love your poetry. But does he know of it? I think he does. I think he quite does. <laughs> uh, and we all know it, too. I know some so. stuff. I know some stuff. Well, guys, uh, let's see. Do we, have any, do we have any great wrestling news that we need to cover right now, Jimmy? I'm trying to think if anything's broke in the last couple of days. Uh, other than the Bucks and CM Punk walking past each other, apparently, if you want to call that news, that was the news, really. Um, they walked past each other in the back, they gave each other a nod, and that's it, bro, as far as I know. Great. Who cares? Yeah. I, exactly. I'm i so tired of this childish shit, and it's like, you know, I really think that Mark Henry had the best quote about this whole thing. You know, he was he was asked about CM Punk getting getting let go, and he said, "Well, you know, hey, now the cancer's gone, right? Everything should be fine. Everything should be, you know, rainbow piss, and everything should be fucking fantastic backstage. No more problems, right? The cancer's gone." And uh, I just love that Mark Henry is the one to say that shit because it's like, yeah, Mark's exactly the person to be like, "Uh huh, yeah, problems all gone now, guys. You fucking idiot." And I just <laughs> thought to myself, you know, yeah, like. It's not like they've had problems backstage before. I mean, we can't all name people who have had problems clearly with the backstage antics of these people already. Thunder Rosa, Miro, Andrade, etc. Um, but hey, you know, the cancer's gone, so I'm sure everything's going to be absolutely fucking wonderful now, right? Right. I doubt it, but yeah. Right. Um... <laughs> Vet, is there any way to have like a perfect wrestling locker room or is there just always going to be problems and you need to have people backstage who are professional enough to deal with problems? No and yes. <laughs> right? Like you can't you can't have perfection. It's just like any other business. If you have a business with 30 to 40 people in it, there's going to be problems and you need to foster, you know, the kind of communication that's going to help people be able to get through it without there being big major issues and if you can't do that to me it's not a problem necessarily with the locker room or the group it's you you're you know you're in charge then be in charge but hey we've gone over this a hundred times already haven't we along with everybody else who podcasts so i'm not saying anything anybody hasn't heard no look these these kind of issues do uh exist in all kinds of companies um the difference is usually in businesses um it's like a meritocracy and if you get results 
you, you move up. I mean, that's the idea. Uh, but in pro wrestling, your talent has little to do with your success. Uh, if somebody doesn't like you, um, you're just earmarked for a certain, you know, there's a ceiling for you. So these kinds of things are, they're like um, magnified versions of what you see in the real business world. They're magnified in terms of like how ridiculous things are. Like when you hear somebody getting a promotion at some corporation because they slept with somebody or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, it, it, in wrestling, it's even worse because there's so many untalented people involved in all aspects of it that are willing to do those things and they usually get the furthest. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. It does seem it does seem to be that way specifically in wrestling where a lot of times you'll see somebody and you're like, why isn't this guy getting the nod here? And in, invariably, you know, the answer is, well, the back doesn't like him. You're like, I, who cares? Like, if you can make money with the guy, who gives a shit if you like them or not? It's like, I remember hearing about Vince McMahon and the Christian thing, right? Oh, I don't like the way he looks. Uh, put a blue dot over his face or whatever. Like, how stupid do you have to be to say, well, because I don't personally like the way this guy looks, I'm never going to be able to make money with him. That's crazy to me. Well, also, on that specific point, how many years into Christian's run was that? Right. Like, like did Vince McMahon just, just wake up one day after years and was like, oh, yeah, Christian exists and I don't like him. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't I don't get it. It I'll never really understand it, but I mean I understand that it's a thing and I guess that's all we really need to know about pro wrestling backstage is that it is a thing and it's going to continue to be a thing. Um speaking of things being things, uh we we open the night with uh with a, well, an open challenge. It's a it's an open challenge. This is something we've never seen before in professional wrestling. Um, an open challenge for the international championship. So, uh, yeah, keep that in mind. There's there's an open challenge here, and uh, th we might even see more than one today tonight. Uh, just a little spoiler for everybody. So, we begin the night with John Moxley defending his international championship, and he's fighting against Action Andretti, who, of course, has earned a shot at the title by happening to be at the back when the open challenge was made and accepting it or something like that. Uh, Jimmy, can you think of any other reason why Action Andretti would get a championship match? Jimmy? Jimmy perhaps is indisposed at the moment. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I heard, I heard what he, he said. I heard what he said. Okay. Um, is there, can I give a reason why Action Andretti is number one contender for the international championship? Right. Like the last several times that I've seen Action Andretti, he's been uh, losing tag team matches with the other Martin guy who doesn't have a backward leg. Um, <laughs> True. Well, I'll tell you why. As uh, the comic king in the chat says, it's because of AEW. No reason. That's yeah. why. I mean, can I give you a reason? Not really. I don't understand why he's number one contender, but that's AEW. <laughs> he's a... Uh... He, he, he happened to be the one in the back who accepted the open challenge. That's the way open challenges work. Anyone can come get it. Um, and, you know, uh, unlike, you know, it's, it's just like, it's just like they told us when they first had the original, you know, uh, AEW promotional video where Tony Khan and, 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 and Cody Rhodes and all them came out and talked about 
what AEW was going to be, and it was going to be sports-based, and it was going to be based on rankings, and, you know, the the title contenders were going to be based on previous wins and rankings and stuff. It's just like that. Of course. Standard. Only it's not at all. Um, So, yeah, Action Andretti and uh, John Moxley had a match. It lasted way too fucking long. I I don't... I... Listen... You can get over as a you know as the underdog plucky babyface guy. You can get over in four minutes, even if you're losing. You can still get over. You get over that you're not the kind of person who's going to quit. You get over that you've got a few little pieces of offense that are fun and that the people would appreciate seeing in the future. You do not need 14 minutes against a guy who essentially is a main eventer in this company. Especially if the only thing that anyone has seen you do over the last month and a half is lose tag team matches with Darius Andretti or Darius Martin. Darius Martin. He's Andretti. I get so confused about this fucking crew. Uh, Vet, like, why does this company continue to do this where they keep putting these people who are clearly not on the level of their opponents in 14-minute matches where they have to show every single piece of offense that they have. Like, what's the what's the thought process there? Are you suggesting that professional wrestling isn't real? <laughs> because let me tell you something, brother. The reason that John Moxley wasn't able to put Action Andretti away in any less than 14 minutes was because Orange Cassidy kicked the shit out of him at All Out. He was lucky to survive that match, let alone win. And so, you know, whereas a healthy John Moxley could have probably dispatched young Mr. Action in four minutes or less, uh, this is not a healthy John Moxley. He's, it's a miracle that he's able to walk all the way from the back, <laughs> down the stairs, through the halls, everything, and, and get into the ring at all, let alone, you know, come out with a, with a win on this particular night. So... That's what I would say to that. Um, But in all seriousness, um, it's sort of a dilemma because you, on the one hand, you want to say, why the fuck do I have to watch Action Andretti and John Moxley for 14 minutes? On the other hand, we also want to say, well, goddamn, these guys only get to work once a week, if that. How are they ever supposed to get good? So rather than having three three to four five minute matches in a week you know like an indie wrestler might if they're luck if extremely lucky um you you gotta you gotta put a little bit of time in and i and plus the fact that look they're gonna have to stretch things thin uh creatively because they're missing some people and uh you know it's gonna be a different show from now on so there's gonna you see this a lot it's not just AEW. wwe does a lot of time pulling and time wasting in not only their matches but their recap packages and everything you guys see it because you review smackdown smackdown is like at least 18 percent recap so yeah you see companies wasting time because they they have to fill the time and they don't have the creative to do it um and so that's why you're gonna see it realistically from a fair answer standpoint that's why you're gonna see stuff like this now i will tell you that that all being said when i see john moxley on my screen whatever screen it is 
Uh, there's a 50-50 that I'm going to watch it or pay attention to it at all. Because I've already yep. seen everything that I was ever going to see from this guy in the first couple years of his WWE run. Yep. When you throw Action Andretti in the mix, you are guaranteeing that I am dragging the track bar to the point at which the match is over <laughs> and I just watch the finish. No offense to the kid, but there's already, like, as you mentioned, a brother tag team of you. And now I'm supposed to watch a third unrelated version of you. Fuck that. Uh, yeah. So with all due respect to the kid, um, action may be a misnomer in my case because the only action that you're getting from me is me moving my finger to the right on my phone. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, Vip, because I'll start choking you again, but I'm proud to announce I'm COVID-free. Yay! Yay! Woo! No the bad news is you're pregnant, so. Oh, well, yeah. Do that. that, that's, uh, <laughs> don't fucking make me vet, please. I'm gonna I'm start choking. I forgot. I gotta be. I gotta be unfunny. No, no, please. I like it when you're funny, but yeah, be terribly unfunny, vet. That's uh, that's what we need here. On Let me the be show. action and ready here. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Because I've don't got entertain a cough, us at all. Because I've got a cough. The second I start laughing, that's it. It's done. I'm over. Okay. And I'm well, trying hard not to cough now. We'll try to make really funny comments so that you can hack your lungs out on uh, on on the, mm. on the show. That'll be fun. Um, you know, I just uh, something I thought of was like that, and I I mean this literally. You know, I I really mean mean to say this exactly as I as I'm about not to say like this. a fourteen year old white girl. No, no, not literally. Like not okay. literally. I mean, I literally think that this show would be better if they just had conversations the way that you and I did. But in a kayfabe sense, right? So you have one of them. You have, let's say, Nigel or, or what's the other guy? What's the fat guy's name? Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly. Right. Kevin. Hermie. Um, His name's Hermie. Hermie. All right. So you have Hermie. Hermie. Basically, you know, you, you have him say after five or six minutes of this match, you know, it, it looks like John Moxley is not really is not really on top of his game here. You know, like it's it seems like it seems like he's really struggling to put away action Andretti, you know, who let's be honest action andretti is a good young is a good young prospect but i mean john moxley is supposed to be one of the best in the world and then you can have nigel come back with yeah well he's coming you know it's a quick turnaround from the pay-per-view after a grueling matchup with orange cassidy and like you could structure the match that way too so that the mm -hmm. match matches what you're telling them on commentary where it mm -hmm. looks like john moxley is you know he looks like he's about to go for the Death Rider, but then like he cringes in his back or whatever, <laughs> and then Action Andretti is able to take over, you know, for a minute, right? Yes. I don't understand why they don't just put that tiny little bit of realism into the show because it would make it a thousand times better, you know? Because mm. just listening to you, kind of jokingly, like you know, mockingly tell me like why John Moxley struggled, you know, and why this match was so long, it was like, well, yeah. That's like exactly what we ought to be really hearing on commentary. I think that pro wrestling as an industry would be greatly benefited by them pretending the shit is real. I mean, like it's supposed to be done. And like kayfabe it. <laughs> yes, it's like that. And they're doing it, but they're just doing it badly because they fall into tropes, tired old tropes. Uh, as a former AEW wrestler once said, um, 
there's there's so many like it, it writes itself basically the stories tell themselves you just all you have to do is build upon what you've already done and kevin kelly's usually pretty good at making excuses for things like when the wrestlers fuck up he tries to come up with a creative logical reason why things would happen or whatever you know just he he's not that bad at that but you know to the other point that you made it's if John Moxley knew how to work, he could have a match like exactly that story you want to tell of, okay, it could even be a thing where you start out mauling him, but you make one mistake and then all of a sudden you sell the rest of the match. And that's why right. the the story can be Action Andretti trying to capitalize and just not being able to beat him or whatever. There's so many ways that you can tell a story besides do every move you know and have a flat finish that yep. is that is what we're losing with every you know veteran that just either passes away or takes their hands off and is like i give up you know like you just don't have those guys to be able to explain those things and if you get over to a certain degree whatever degree that is you may think you don't need advice right hangman page so you're not even going to be receptive to those things if someone tried to explain it to you. And when somebody does know those kind of things and would like to try to make those things um, apparent uh, to younger members of the locker room, then, you know, they uh, get railroaded out of town and get fired. So, yep. you know, it, the future isn't looking good, but there you know and i i know how it's going to sound from me bringing this name up but damn it when you watch jay white it's exactly how i explained to you on the impact attack about the commander match like he got handed that you know just like john moxa got handed you got to pull time with fucking action andretti and what does he do he just does stuff that he always does for longer you yep. know, whereas Jay White figured out a way to make it as least embarrassing as possible given the situation and get both guys over to the degree that they could get over in that match. So that's right. the difference between a worker and a guy that's just a move doer. So, yeah, it seems like, unfortunately, when it comes to professional wrestling, the future is indie. And that's I mean, that's what seems to be getting over. That seems to be what se that, that seems to be what's winning, you know, like that i know that the wwe is still the place to be i know that's still the place to go and i can say that a lot of the guys there that would be considered indie have learned how to work better you know i don't think that Sami Zayn exactly does what he did on the indies he's he's learned how to work a bit i think that you know the same can be said for kevin owens right um who was always i think better than that but would sometimes indulge in the nonsense and i think that he does that way less now but so much of what's happening in AEW seems to be that the office really is saying to the guys with the bad attitudes and with the stupid fucking ideas, hey, we agree with you, buddy. You know, like, you know, Jungle Boy, we're going to pick you over CM Punk. Um, Brandon Cutler, we're going to pick you over Jim Ross. And it's like, I, I just, I, to me, it's so simple and basic, like that they're making exactly the opposite of the right decision. It's not just that they're making the wrong decision. They're making the wrongest decision that they could possibly come up with in the back, in the back there. So it's, in, it's insulting. In fairness, in fairness, 
there's no, you know, like we don't like it, but they open up their own restaurant and they should be able to serve the food they want to serve. Nobody's forcing us to go and eat the food. So in that sense, you know, what they're doing is perfectly acceptable, but um, it's just not going to be good for business going forward uh, because eventually when this is all that's left, I mean, where do you go? They're already right. like really, really overdoing pushing the envelope on a lot of things. And yeah. so you can't raise the bar any higher. It's called, um, oh, what's the, there's a term for this, hot shotting in a way. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. and you know, like, like listening to, like watching a lot of arguments and stuff online, especially on in the Twitter space, right? You see people arguing for AEW. And a lot of what I see is like, well, you know, listen to the crowd. The crowd really loves it, right? And I'm like, okay, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like, you know, those kitchen nightmare shows where that British guy, uh, whatever his name is, goes to like the, the struggling restaurants, right? And he tries to save them. But the, the Hell Kitchen guy, Hell's Kitchen guy. Oh, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, yeah. Look, Gordon Ramsay, yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, so Gordon Ramsay, he goes to these restaurants, right? And inevitably, he says, okay, you have to change this, this, and this in order to be successful. And what I always hear from these failing restaurateurs is, but our regulars like it. And he's going, yeah, do you want to keep getting the same fucking regulars or do you want to be able to grow your business, right? It's a very simple... You know, they get in this situation where they're like, oh, but like, we won't get the same, you know, 700,000 people watching us if we do things differently. And it's like, but you have the possibility to have 3 million people watching you if you do it right for long enough. No? Mm. Like, Jimmy, mm. do you like what? my comparison? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's, it's, it's not a bad comparison. But um, this company, man, it... it... We can go on and on about what's wrong with this company and whatnot. I mean, but we're always never going to come up with a total answer with why they do this shit. I mean, TK, like the vet said, has his own flavored ice cream. You know what I mean? Whether we choose to eat it or not is up to us. So at the end of the day, if they want to fucking do what they want to do, we don't really have to uh, eat it, right? So, well, it is what so it is. The, 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 dif the difference here um, in the analogy is like, the the people that are the people that go to AEW and enjoy AEW, it's been proven that they like other stuff too. Like that when when right, pro yeah. wrestling's done on the show, they like it. Mm -hmm. When yep. high flying acrobatics and stunts are on the show, they like it. They like a lot of things. Uh, you don't ever want to just have the same old thing over and over and over again. Right. So right. it's not like they shit on real wrestlers or, or real wrestling angles or anything that AEW gets right or anything their talent gets right. The crowd doesn't reject it. They, right. they, they like what's good. Like anybody would, anybody likes what's good. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of music you like. If a song comes on and you like it, you like it. doesn't matter if you don't normally listen to that genre or whatever. Good is good in your mind. So they, 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 they enjoyed stuff like the, Hobbs and Miro match, and they enjoy stuff like, you know, uh, Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers going through tables off ladders and stuff. They, they're they there to have a good time, but um, some of those things, you're not going to get people to leave the house and buy a ticket to see. Uh, so you have to find a, a, a good balance 
um, and a way to just not hot shot yourself out of business because no matter how much you like something eventually too much of a good thing it's not going to be good and you're putting your performers at risk well they're putting themselves at risk the, the tony khan is like he's the owner of the restaurant he's not a chef really he just <laughs> he lets the chef. other chefs make the dishes they want and he's he realizes at least that he's in no position to question them because i think that's the approach that he takes i think he just thinks like well i'm not a wrestler and they know better than me so i can sort of tell them what i want but ultimately i leave it in their hands he doesn't know how to tell them to have a better match or whatever so i mean he knows that much at least but i don't know but the thing is that if you're having a battle royal every second week and every other second week you have a fucking tournament how many times can you get away with that man well speaking of diminishing returns let's get let's get into the next match because the next match was actually chris zoolander sorry statlander against Uh uh robin renegade and uh of course, we're told that it's it's an open challenge for the TBS championship. Um, we're going to get one more fucking explanation of an open challenge that's going to happen next week for the tag titles. I mean, does Tony Khan not understand the idea of diminishing returns? Like, you have an open challenge to start your, your show. Okay, fine. I think it's overdone in general in pro wrestling, but fine. You do an open challenge. And then in the next match, you have an open challenge. And then 45 minutes later, we hear about next week, there's going to be another open challenge. We're having another tournament to dis- to discover who the number one contender to the world title is. We had a battle royal of tag teams, which is always confusing to me, to discover who was going to be the number one contenders for the tag team championships. And it's like, I don't need you to do exactly what you said you were going to do, you know, with the with the rankings and stuff but can we get a little bit of that because every other week there's a tournament or a battle royal and there's you know open challenge and then the next match is an open challenge and then the next match is is an open challenge again and you're like why don't you get how to use these things judiciously in order to get the most out of them um that is this a situation where they just need somebody backstage as like a quality control who will just say, okay, no, we just did this spot. You have to do something else in your match. I mean, yeah, you could have somebody that does that. but um... I've been saying that all along. They need a heater, man. <laughs> a heater? They do. <laughs> that's not... I don't think that's what the heater means. but uh... I, I don't no, need I somebody to be backstage. Someone that can take all the heat. Other than TK, I, I don't. I don't need somebody people. to be backstage willing to smack the shit out of somebody. I mean, I would take that at this point, but, but like, all I need is just somebody backstage with a fucking, you know, with a sheet in front of them, going, um, "All right, opening match. It's an open challenge for the for the for the international championship. Okay, match two. You want to do an open challenge? No, you can't do an open challenge. We just did an open challenge." Okay, match one. We've got a chokeout finish. We're both we're we're it's a it's a tag match where both members of the winning tag team are choking out the opposite team. All right, cool. Match two. You want to have both members of the winning team choke out the losing team? No, you can't do that. We just did that in the previous fucking match. You can't it, do that. You need to figure out a different finish. Is it a question of uh, people have just given up? Like they tried to do that for a while and it's just too much. Um, I don't know. I, 
there there should always be somebody like that Isn't, wasn't qt supposed to be that guy like i don't know maybe he's I a trainer don't. is he not doesn't he train everybody supposedly oh god well look let's not get into that but we <laughs> we are saying that he he allegedly claimed that he was supposed to be helping tony with some of the tv stuff i thought i remembered hearing that perhaps i'm mistaken but uh that's not somebody i would trust to be in that position in any case you know because we want somebody that's seem seemingly intelligent or whatever to be in that that role they would have to understand things um so i wouldn't nominate him but you know just somebody yeah i, I guess it would be nice but we're not getting that so what else happened in this match uh chris did, did robin renegade pull it out and become the new tbs champion um no but i will say oh, this shit. the renegade sisters um they're really good like i i've I've talked about how good I think these two are every single time I've seen them. And I can confidently say that this was the best Chris Statlander match since she's come back. Um, and by a good significant portion, this is the best match that she's had since she came back. At one point, she hit like a snap German suplex that looked entirely unsafe. Um, but other than that, this was, this was a decent little match for Chris Statlander. And I really do not want to give her any of the credit for the match. I think that Robin Renegade basically pulled her through a decent match here um, and then lost to her finish. Uh, we'll get into the to, the to everything that happened afterwards. But just in terms of the match, um, vet, you, you're, you're the vet. This is like your thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, the Renegade sisters, are they as good as I think they are? God, I don't know. They're fast-forward material for me, but... Uh... Mm -hmm. Uh, that's everything on Ring of Honor, so I can't really be blamed for that. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really pay that close of attention to the match. This was a, um, I heard it, sounded fine. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded fine. Oh, no. Jimmy, I let's get your Renegade. opinion on it. Right, I actually like the Renegade Twins, man. I think they've got something, in my opinion. They've got great aggression. I love their aggressiveness. Mm. I think both of them together are just, a killer bitches man like i don't know what it is about a man it's just i feel like they they kind of get it man except after what happened here they've been squashed like yeah. you know what i mean and then how you supposed to ever build do. them up right and that's the thing i don't know if they've signed yet guys but if they have they're not doing much with them other than the same old shit every time we see them yeah, yeah. ring of honor more okay well i can't stand watching that shit right now uh, yeah i'm not watching that um i'm not that's that's like when jimmy says oh but if you saw that episode of being the elite and i go stop stop no no i haven't watched being the elite in a while now i only watch it, it sometimes it'll play for no reason like while i'm watching youtube and then i'll be like oh fuck all right wow well, uh, that seemed, that sounds an awful lot like the guy who, uh, you know, excuses his watching of, of gay porn. He's like, well, it came up next. So, I mean, I might as well just leave it on. Um, oh, fuck off. <clears throat> <laughs> hey. Anyway. Uh, getting, down, Chris. Getting away from the Greeks. Um, we'll talk about... Uh, we'll talk about the aftermatch of this match here. As, um, you know, the Renegade sisters, they come in after Chris Statlander gets the win. And they jump her. Um... And out comes Jade Cargill. Um, that, that, got, that got a pretty good pop from the crowd. Um, 
she comes down. She takes out the renegade sisters. Looked like they weren't quite sure what she was going to do there. And then, uh, you know, Chris Statlander goes for a handshake afterwards, and Jade just picks her up and hits the finish. Like, nah, fuck you. I'm still that bitch show-ing or whatever. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jade Cargill returns, a triumphant return to television. Jade Cargill is one of these people who she's not a great worker, but uh, she's got everything else you want in a pro wrestler. She's got a look that you cannot you you cannot replicate, and she's got the kind of charisma where if she's on TV, you want to see what she's doing. Um, she's not quite a five-tool player. She's like a four-and-a-half-tool player. It's just that the one tool she doesn't have is kind of important for pro wrestling. Uh, hopefully she can get better because um, I, I feel like there's money there even if she can't really learn how to work. Uh, Jimmy, what did you think about the return? She looked fucking huge, man. Like, did she not look bigger than usual? Her arm that I could just see because one the other arm was covered up looked fucking big. But what I, you know what, man? If Chris Willen's in the chat, see, he asked me what's going on with Jade. I said she'll be back any day now. And there you have it. Bang, she's back. But, um, man, I'm glad she's back. She better kick the shit out of Chris Statlander. I can't stand her, man. But those... Those moves she did on Statlander and on the Renegade Twins, they look stiff, guys. Uh, that fucking big go face that first, fucking man, big boot, that big boot that Oof. she fucking hit the first one with, it looked like Oof. she stepped on her afterwards. Like Dude. that, that didn't look like fun. Uh, she fucked all those bitches up, man. Literally. That did you manage <laughs> to look up for this, or uh, did oh, yeah. you just hear it? Oh, okay, no, you no, looked no. up for this. Okay. No, because when somebody like Jade Cargill comes on, like okay. you said, you pay attention. Um, She's got that charisma. All right. Walk us through it, Vet. What did you think of the return? It's too random. Um, was this another desperation? Like we need to we need to call this in because we're in trouble. Um, is it one of those? Maybe. Who knows? Or maybe it was time. Uh, I knew she would come back eventually. Um because I know that some of the things that she was saying made it sound like she wouldn't. But I also know that she's in character when she does those things, you know, mm -hmm. because the real Jade is like, seems like pretty nice. And she seems very like respectful and eager to learn, uh, of, you know, about wrestling and stuff. So, um, with someone that's had as few matches as she's had, she's doing well, I think, uh, you know, on the, on the curve. Um, but the, the thing I'm concerned with here is I think because the match was over and the Renegade Renegade Twins attacked Statlander, I think they should both be fired. Um, I think Statlander should fear for her life. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's not a safe working environment. She endangered everybody there at Collision, all the production people. Um, and I don't know about Jade. She should at least be suspended. You know, right. on her big return, because this was not a sanctioned match. This was not a contest. This is just people going into business for themselves and being unprofessional. So I, think I definitely think the Renegade Twins should be fired, 100%. I, I think you could take that, that a step further, Vet. I think you could say that, you know, the Renegade Sisters, you know, they, they endangered all 2,700 people who were there to watch as well. You know, mm -hmm. it was, uh, it's serious, it's serious stuff. They got it. They got to get a handle on all this violence happening in AEW. Even though this was after the fact and I was watching it, you know, on my phone. So it had already happened. 
I still felt a little afraid, you know, when I saw <laughs> the Renegade Sisters attack. So yeah, feared That's for your life. Very hostile. Can I ask you guys though, either one of you two, should Jade be going for the world women's title? And this is from Josh in the chat, as in TN Kupina. Um, he asks, should Jade get her TBS title or go after the world title? What do you guys think? Well, obviously she's going back for her TBS championship, but don't you think she should move on to a world to a world championship, especially that Soraya's got it? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, simple, yeah. simple answer there. Yeah, I think that Jade Cargill is too big a star to be going for a secondary title. I think that the only reason why you wouldn't give her the major title right now is that is the same reason why I think it was so hard for them to do anything with the TBS championship at a certain point. How do you realistically beat her? And I, I guess, you know, Chris Statlander beat her, but like, even then it was an open challenge after she had already defended the title against somebody else. So you have Chris Statlander win. She's a babyface, but she doesn't win it in a babyface way. That's Hogan no, beating Yokozuna at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 9. It's not a babyface way to win the match. The guy just had, you know, Jade Cargill had just had a match. So to me, they brought, Jade, they brought Chris Statlander back on the wrong foot when they did that. And it's just hard to see how do you beat fucking jade cargill like how does anybody get the right. win over jade cargill the, the so, answer the answer is you don't until yeah. you figure that out when yeah, it no, becomes apparent to you then you can do it if you don't have a good idea to do it then you just yeah. don't do it you just keep if her mowing needed, people over yeah. yeah i know what they were thinking they were thinking okay well we jade needs to go do something so we have to get the belt off her no you don't you don't no, and they thought exactly. well we'll we'll make chris statlander because she'll be the uh she'll she'll be the person that finally ends the streak no you won't and you mm -hmm. didn't because yeah. she did that and then as champion she's been ice cold yeah ice you might as well cold. gave her the glacier gimmick because she hasn't <laughs> she has not been hot at all on these shows she just seems like an afterthought that's like oh yeah we have a rhea ripley also so it's not, it's not worked out for her. It didn't make Jade look good, and now you've ruined the streak. If you had, if you had told a, a simple way to answer all of the questions that we're talking about here, would have been for Jade to say, like, you know what, this bores me. I'm handing this belt in because not one of you can beat me for it. So I'm gonna go get that world championship now, and uh, you can do what you want with this, which is right. exactly what Walter should do at whatever point they decide he's going to move on from the intercontinental championship. You should not beat him. You are not going to make a guy. This isn't the seventies. It's just, it's, it's, it's time to start doing things like this. Like Oscar did in NXT. What Jimmy? Right. No, I agree with you. I said the exact same thing, the exact same thing. What Walter should just give up his championship instead of losing it. And as far as Jade Cargill goes, uh, Man, fuck it. I would give her both belts. Let her have both belts and no one beat her until well, they yeah. get someone that's actually, you know, credible to actually beat her. Yeah, but the problem is someone did beat her now and it sucks. I know, it's too that, late now. That, will, right. that blemish is always there because they like to put people's records up on the screen. So whatever. But Well, yeah. And, they, and, and at the end of the day also, she lost to a hack. Yes, exactly. Yep. 100%. Um, and... 
yeah, I don't like I've I've said the same thing about about Walt about Gunther. I think that the way that he loses the Intercontinental Championship is that he keeps it until the Rumble. He wins the Rumble, earns the right to challenge for the championship at Mania, and says, "All right, I don't need this anymore. I'm going for the I'm going for the world title." And then you have a tournament or whatever. You you know you have a rare fucking tournament in the WWE oh, because there's oh, not yes. a tournament every other fucking week. You have a rare tournament in the WWE, and you crown a new Intercontinental Champion at Mania. That's uh, to me. That's best for business, and that's how you that's how you keep, you know, Gunther a big time threat. Because if you have him lose to a Chad Gable, who I love by the way, Chad Gable is fucking wonderful. He's 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 really a lot of fun to watch. If you have him lose to Chad Gable, and I don't give a shit what the fucking circumstances are, if you have him lose a match to Chad Gable. He's got to get. He's got to spend a bunch of time now to rebuild the fact that he's a credible threat, because you've gotten him to this point by beating everybody. Yeah, I don't Why even not? like the count out loss. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's kind of lame to see that when you see it on a sheet. It's like, this is stupid. I saw that there was like a. There was a graphic where they had like you know uh, win versus ricochet, win versus ricochet, win yeah, versus yeah. Sheamus, all that stuff, and then there was a red loss to Chad yeah, Gable, a little L with an asterisk, <laughs> yeah, with an yeah. asterisk, and you're like, get the fuck out of here. That's like the loss that John Jones took to the deaf kid when he was first brand new in the in the UFC because he need him when he was down or whatever, and it's like, all right. It's a loss. It's not a real fucking loss. The world would be better off without that fucking number there. Um, anyway, silly shit. Yeah. Um, speaking yeah. of silly shit, Ruby and Soraya are angry with Tony Storm again. Uh, they keep going up and down with this. I thought at the pay-per-view they were done and they weren't going to be friends. But then they had a match last week and now they're back to being mad. So... Soraya says the best thing for them to do would be for the two of them to beat some sense into Tony Storm. So Ooh. that's fine. Uh, Soraya in the then... ring because otherwise, you know what might happen? They could be fired. Yeah, you, well, it has to be done in the ring, and it has you to be. You can't just beat match. sense into people in AEW. We know this now. That's right. That's against the rules. You'll get you'll get your walking papers. Soraya mm -hmm. then lies through her teeth. She says that Renee is prettier than Lexi. It's just not true. I don't care. It's not even um, arguable. Well, Renee doesn't necessarily have the uh, greatest uh, traditional beautiful face, but she does have a low key hot body. Yeah, I mean, she's like a she's like a Toronto Seven. We'll we'll put, we'll, we'll say that. She's like a Toronto Seven. Um, Claudio and Kingston have a sit down interview with Tony Schiavone. The two guys who have not been able to stand each other being in the same room for any length of time. Claudio, who wouldn't even look at Kingston last week when he was coming down to the ring to save his buddy. Uh, they have a sit-down interview, which is always great. Um, Claudio accepts a title match in New York under one condition. Eddie needs to shake his hand and say he respects him. And then walks away tony shivani says thank you to eddie Eddie says yeah i respect my asshole or some like something really mm -hmm. stupid that just it didn't make him sound tough it made him sound like a fucking idiot um mm -hmm. so yeah that's gonna be a match does anybody have anything they want to say about this because i i just assume keep moving just that i mean i do like eddie but he does those things like you say 
Like he almost sounds cool, and then he'll say something that sounds uncool, and you're just like, oh, almost. Um, I, yep. I like the, uh, I do like the reserved Ring of Honor champion Claudio, but um, it's just like when he does promos and stuff, which again you're not gonna see because you don't watch Ring of Honor. But what he does mm -hmm. is he has these promos, and they go on like he keeps having like he has like ten closers in a row like in his promo like he keeps saying a line and it's like yeah go out on that and then he keeps talking and does another one and then it's like oh surely that's it and then he just keeps right. on talking like he doesn't he's like that guy that you know like he doesn't know how to end the conversation and just fucking leave you know so right. that, that's kind of how claudio is but other than that little thing which can be corrected uh i've enjoyed this version of claudio it's the best he's seemed since um his uh you know very european thing he did in the wwe with the united states championship and that cool uh swiss rap song he had as an entrance theme swiss rap song i missed that i'll have to you go don't remember check that, that out. go go back yeah go back and look through some of his uh antonio cesaro themes and, and you'll find a cool a cool rap song he used to have for an entrance sweet no, all i remember is the fucking oh sirens the chat knows the chat knows. Come on, somebody in the chat remembers the the guy rapping in, in in French or whatever it was. I need to hear that, man. I need to hear that because it's not ringing a bell for me. But I'm just gonna quickly look it up out of curiosity. Was it his first you thing? Look that up. You uh, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe. It, but it was around that time when he was doing that. You know, coming out with the the white and red mm. and yeah, he still okay, had his first yeah, I name. That. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I remember Chris, him yodeling. Remember when he used to you. Yodel? Yeah, I don't know if this was I don't know if this was part of that or if that was when Vince McMahon decided he was gonna go full red. But anyway, yeah, what's what's after this, Chris? What's after this sit down? All right, next up here we've got Juice Robinson and the Bang Bang Gang versus Gravity, Dios del Ooh. Inframundo, which means God of the Underworld, and Aerostar. Uh yes, okay. Um the bullet. Uh, I just want to say first first off, uh, I just want to say that like they tricked me. Because as soon as I saw Jay White, I stopped moving it at two times speed and moved it back to normal speed. And by the time they got to the ring, I realized it was just the cardboard cutout. So I was I was fooled. And then I what? sped it back up. What do you mean it was just the cardboard cutout? It was Cardblade. That's an important member of the Bullet Club. That It is, but they didn't focus on him during the match as much as they could have. So I just sped it up for time's sake. That's true. I'm pretty sure he was on commentary. You'd prefer him in the mm -hmm. ring. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Kelly tried to pitch to him. Yeah, I heard that. That was fun. Um, all right. So right away here, I noticed that the referee tries to kick one of the Mexicans out of the ring because he didn't make a tag and just jumped in the ring without making a tag. Um, so the referee is basically telling him, no, you get the fuck out of the ring. He, the, the referee is actually like trying to get him out of the ring. They do a they do a far pan because they don't want to fucking focus on the fact that the referee's telling them, kid, no, this isn't how fucking wrestling works. And then you hear Juice Robinson having to save the spot by going, I saw it, ref. I saw him tag in. And I'm like, oh, God bless you, Juice Robinson, but <laughs> fuck, what a what a fucking company, man. Like, this is supposed to be television. This is supposed to be a prime time TV show. Well, yeah, we got rid of the guy that said we don't do that on Saturday night. So I, I guess he thought everything was fair game, right? Everything was fair game. All right. So and just quickly, you're, you're right, Vit. 
I just I just heard it. It was 2013, Cesaro. Ah, okay. Maybe we can play that at the end instead of uh, the I bullshit. Will. I'll do that. And it was in Elton French. John cover. <laughs> yeah, it was in French, right? The song. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, that's the one. Anyway, sorry, Chris. Continue. Ew. Do we have to listen to French? Anyway, um, Francois, I'm a Canadian, saying that You're shit. It's good. Um, it's good heat. It's good heat. See, because he was a heel. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Uh, Everyone loves that song going by the comments, too. <laughs> All right. So a few seconds after this, Gravity and Aerostar are in the ring, uh, double teaming somebody for about 35 seconds, which pretty sure that's not allowed either. Um, there's a, Is that grounds for firing? Of... What do you think? <laughs> I mean, man, like this company go... is so. <laughs> and, and it's the faces doing it. The faces are cheating. And the heels are following the rules, standing on the corner, waiting for their tag. <laughs> While their partner is getting double teamed. This is this is what this company does it, to me. It's like, I don't know. I like this show was supposed to be different, Jimmy. This was supposed uh, to be different. I told you. We're done for now, dude. I told you, man. It's gonna be fucking dynamite 2.0 now unfortunately mm-hmm. without a punk s- that's what we're getting a second stick of dynamite yep yep fuck um <laughs> all right flip 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 that's my notes that's actually how i wrote my notes flip 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 uh do shit right or fuck off back to mexico i don't know who that was uh <laughs> who that was aimed at but oh. yeah juice gets the win um i gotta say jimmy like and and vet because i, I didn't know you were you're going to be joining us, but my, my notes say, uh, Jimmy, when I'm annoyed with the bullet club, you know, it's going to be a long fucking episode. <laughs> like, right. Uh, I just, Oh, well, man, it is what it is, bro. What do you do? You know what I mean? Like I said, it's Saturday nights. It was supposed to be all right for a fight, but now it's all right for a fright because that's what we're going to get every week, man. And clearly it's a bad working environment. So we need to fix things. You know what I mean? Into TK's liking, unfortunately. <clears throat> Basically, what I'm getting after this match and after like the the main event and after everything else that happened on this night, basically what we're getting now on Saturdays, we were supposed to get an alternative Western professional wrestling show. It was supposed to be this show that was going to focus on good pro wrestling, like the stuff that we all like about pro wrestling. It was going to be logical. Yeah. It was going to be consistent. And instead, we're basically getting Lucha Underground, but without any of the interesting stuff, like they're not going to do cool ground. promo packages or videos. They're not going to have an interesting look to the show. It's going to look just like Dynamite, but we're going to have all the people from Lucha Underground. So Lucha, that's that's where Lucha. that's where you get my my weekly name. Welcome to Lucha <laughs> Above Ground because that's apparently what we're fucking covering. Well, well, Chris. Luckily, it's called the wreckage because definitely we're sifting through a lot of wreckage, guys. Mm-hmm. Are we ever? Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. There's a recap. From all out with Lana. She's angry that Meryl left her. She's going to come in as a manager. So that's a thing. Um, I don't know. Lana's hot. They, but they're going to do anything with this? Uh, I guess they're going to do her. I mean. I guess somebody's going <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, oh, um, shit. Jimmy, are you excited to see Lana? Eh, not really. I mean, she looks a little puffy these days, dude. I was saying that, um, I don't know if it was on Uncaged or one of the other shows, but anyway, 
She looks weird now. Is it just me, Vet? Does she look as good as she used to? I don't think she does. Uh, you could argue she looks similar to how she used to look. Um, eh, she looks Never similar. really been my particular favorite type of, you know, look. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm not uh, into blondes personally, but yeah. She is a, she's a pretty lady. That's true. She's also, like, in terms of television entertainment, she's death every time she's on the screen. For somebody that claims yeah. to be an actor, uh, eh. Bad one. Really yeah. One. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 There we go. <laughs> we said it at the same time. God damn it. So talk if, if we have to, to suffer you. through this, like, I w again, I watched this in double the speed and it was still felt too long. So I can only imagine what it must have been like watching this in real time and hearing it and hearing her voice, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think Lana has a really good uh, personality for magazines, you know. Yeah, magazines. It's perfect. True. It's perfect. Perfect for magazines. And besides yep. which, everything she said, the content of what she said didn't make any sense. It was just, you know, the, it's kind of ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I just, it, well, it, the whole thing's bad. As Josh yeah. says in the chat, you know what? <laughs> Lana Beckles spells, right, guys? I mean, mm. yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. how the Greek guy's girlfriend laughed at the anal joke. That's, that's funny. Oh. Um, I hope she heard All you right, say so... that, Chris. <laughs> All <you> right. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> I get away with it again. I You're am lucky. So lucky. All right. So Felix and uh, and Helico are up next, continuing uh, on and the Hallyhoo? thread of, of Lucha Underground being a thing on Saturdays now. Did they dust him off, Chris, and brought him back? Is that what happened with Helico? I guess they did. Uh, they haven't fed him a cheeseburger since last time I saw him, though, so... <laughs> don't, don't make me laugh. You know what happens. Jesus, he's the guy still, needs to eat, man. He's still very thin. Um, I heard on commentary that South African wrestling is a hybrid of European and Lucha. That... Mm. Yeah? Something like that. But was he still doing this? <laughs> Do you know yes. what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's still I didn't watch that. that match. I won't lie. So he's still doing that. Oh, okay, damn it. He's I'm still sure, doing sure. it. Phoenix. Phoenix wins a match with a bunch of flips and shit. Who gives a shit? I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Go Phoenix. Uh -huh. Yeah. He can rise yeah. to the ground, in my opinion, and stay there. Bury him. Yeah. All right. So Roderick Strong versus Darby Allen is what we're gonna get next. But before the match happens. Uh, Luchasaurus and Christian beat the fuck out of Darby. So, but fired. Darby can still go. Fired. Yep, fired. Exactly. Fire that dinosaur. First of all, he's a dinosaur. He shouldn't have a job that humans are supposed to have. All that's right? unfair. That's true. That's, it, it, that's is, unfair. it is. And it vet, is perfectly fair. And vet, shouldn't the dinosaur be biting wrestlers, unlike Darby, who bites everybody anyway? I would think so. But um, regardless, I mean, if, if it falls up to me, no, I was going to say, I would have Luchasaurus' finisher be the bite to the neck and just have blood so, gashing everywhere. So, so bite like, to the neck, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. sure John yeah. Moxley would love it. Um, he would love so it. So I think, yeah, just this is this, what he did. What he did to Darby is just exactly how I imagine or would hope that, you know, the whole uh, backstage at all in incident went. 
Um, so I think Luchasaurus should be fired. Christian should be fired. Uh, you know, maybe we could suspend Darby. I don't know. I don't, no, Darby did nothing wrong. He was just, he was on his way to his scheduled match. He didn't yell anything into a camera. Uh, it, it was, it's all good. But I would like to see some swift action uh, for uh, Luchasaurus. Well, it should be Mortal Kombat, Zane. Just saying. He's a freaking dinosaur, man. He needs to bite people, damn it. Everyone else bites it people. It certainly... bite humans. It certainly ought to have been. Um, listen, here's the thing, right? So, this match, like, I, I get that they did this whole beatdown on Darby to, to give an excuse for why Roddy won, right? Because Roddy hasn't been positioned to be in the same kind of situation, right? Girls, shut up or I'll beat you. Um, so let's, let's fire Chris Ams. Uh, we can't have him beating people in his car. I'm just threatening so far. I haven't actually done anything. Oh, okay. Um, Suspended then. All right. <laughs> I'm fearing for my life over here, Chris. All right, go ahead and make your play. Oh, I'm dying right, right. now. <laughs> so, so they do this thing. They run this, they run this angle where it's like, okay, here's why Darby Allen can't win the match. Right. Right. Because he's been beat up by Luchasaurus and Christian. So then he comes out. Here's the way that they should have done this. He comes out. Everybody's trying to tell him, no, you can't. You know, you, you can't you can't do it, Darby. You're too injured. You're too hurt, et cetera, right? You're not, it's not going to work here. You, you can't possibly do this. You've got his friend coming up and being like, no, no, it's, it's not worth it. You're going to hurt yourself. He goes out. He kicks out of three big moves. He shows that he's really, really tough. And then eventually he loses to, a, to the end of heartache or whatever, right? After about four minutes right it, not have a 20 fucking minute match after that beatdown. that was just ridiculous yeah. you're that really you're, like, done my head increase if if you're trying to tell me that darby allen is a superhuman a la the way that we did things with the undertaker okay i get it but that's not what we're being told he's just a regular kid who's tough because he used to skateboard a lot and fall down so show me you're tough in about four minutes after getting your ass beaten by the heels and then take the loss. I would have so much more respect for him if he did that. I mean, am I missing something here, Vet? Is that what they should have done, or did they do the right thing here by having him go 20 fucking minutes after after getting his ass kicked in the backstage? Nah, it's too long. But, uh, you know, in, in the kind of what I said about the first thing, they're pulling time. Um, and I don't think Roderick Strong is one of those cases like Action Andretti where he needs the reps. Uh, no, but they probably just don't have anything for the show, so they wanted to, you know, if you got if you got Darby Allen is for all intents and purposes for AEW a star. So if you want twenty minutes of your star to be on the TV in case people are tuning in. Uh, maybe that's a good thing, but other than that, it doesn't make sense for the business that you want to get over. No, it so, doesn't. So I would, I would much prefer your version of it, but then we're also going to get ten minutes of something else we didn't want to. So I guess in the, <laughs> I guess in the, um, you know, in my a la carte world, yeah, I am just saying, like, because. Uh, Darby Allen is one of the foods I would order. I'm okay. The fact that he's on the screen more, that's the only consolation I can take from this. Like we, 
I, I must look at the silver linings of things. And so in that well, sense, okay, but you're right, you're still right. Instead of, we got 15 more minutes of this match instead of 15 more minutes of Arrow Stars. So that's, yeah, I can I can see where you're appreciating right. it. However, well, you know, on the other hand, hold on, sorry, Jimmy, just no, that's on right. the other hand, it's not like they don't have enough people to, you know, on any number of their rosters that could have had another quick something or or more interviews whatever it is it's just not 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 the greatest formatting we see many people go unused on every professional wrestling broadcast every single week and there's no real reason for it other than whatever who knows i don't know yeah you know what I'm other than hey it's AEW. yeah, yeah sure. exactly but yeah, wwe does it too that's to... why i say that i think aw is a lot more guilty though compared to wwe but still you're right vet but but in saying that what i don't understand is these guys are trying to build roddy strong correct if you want to call it that because he's a joke also by the way they're building they him. see th this is what i don't understand it seems like they're trying to build roger strong but while they're building him they're basically telling us you know hey guys in reality roderick strong's not good enough to get here but we're gonna try to pretend like um these reasons are why he's gonna get here but but secretly you shouldn't actually think he's a, he's a world champion material but also maybe he's a threat to win the world title like i why Dude, what they did on dynamite was it dynamite i think where they showed the vignettes of um him and his family and apparently he was getting abused growing up and whatnot and yeah. tonight on on fucking total Vision, baby face fucking shit yep yeah right, the, same, it was the a... same stuff they did in nxt by the way too yeah 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 it's true and then he, tonight, or well, last night on um, Collision, um, they, 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 they're showing these, uh, sorry to say, and I've got no problem with it, but it is what it is. He was showing very uh, revealing pictures of him and Adam Cole in bed, hugging each other, um, you know, playing maybe with their assholes for, you know. I have no idea what they were doing with each other. Well, I'm just saying, that's what it looked like. What were they doing in the same bed? Anyone? <laughs> I don't I'm just know. Saying, and, they're, and they're playing huggies. And I'm not talking about the, the, the friggin' um, diapers. You know what Honestly, I'm saying? Honestly, Jimmy, like, I, I imagine that you know a lot more about what two men do in a bed together than anybody else does being, being Greek, you know? Wow. Well, I'm asking you guys to help me out because even though I should know this, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Why the fuck are we seeing them two in the same fucking bed together? Anyone, oh. help me out. <laughs> Someone tell me, tell me. Fuck. We don't get it either, Jimmy. No, nobody. Roderick really Strong breaks backs. Sorry, oh, Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm sorry. That's just the only way we can put it. He breaks backs, eh, it. That's right. Yeah. Well, the Messiah, even the Messiah of breaking backs. Well, Mr. Bay Bay breaks necks. Just saying. I wonder mm. how. I wonder how that happened. Yeah, Mr. Bay Bay is the top of the mountain, so together but, they're broke back mountains. <laughs> ah, yay, that's nice. Well played. I like it, Chris. But the point of the story is you're building Roddy Strong as supposedly supposed to be a credible opponent. Yet him and Darby how long did that match go for? About twenty minutes, it felt like. It probably wasn't, but it felt like twenty minutes after Darby yeah. got his his backside handed to him by by a dinosaur. Should have been a five-second squash match and done. That's it. It tells a story both ends. Roddy wins. 
Derby now is hurt. But no, instead we get a a match. It's unanimous. Yep. It is what it is. All right, so some contrived nonsense on the outside uh, with AR Fox and Nick Wayne, who I I don't ever see. I I don't ever need to see either of them ever again. Um, That leads to an end of heartbreak by Roderick Strong for the win, finally. Um, Again, would have been so much better if this was a four-minute match. And uh, Roddy got the quick win, but you got to see how tough Darby Allen is. Um, next up, there's a jazz musician in white snapping his fingers. Apparently, he's from Ring of Honor. I, I don't know. He talked about violence a little bit. <laughs> Who the fuck was that guy with the long hair and the beard? Oh, my God. Vinny Marsalia? Oh, yeah, Vinny. Sure. Yeah. You, didn't he was Vinny? Of, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you his backstory. Oh. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck this uh-huh. stupid gimmick that they're doing. The Righteous. Well... The Righteous? Terrible. Well, that was supposed to be with Bray Wyatt, funny enough, recently. Oh, who cares? Fuck them. I know. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, f- yeah well, they were, supposed to, they were Jeff, supposed to be so. with it, so they're just going to do the bootleg version of it on a completely different wrestling company? Get out of here. All this fat guy does is come out, and he just puts his hands on his suspenders. That's like his one move. Like, he just keeps doing that because he doesn't know what else to do. And then, you know, I, I can't tell you how he is in the ring because I ain't watching that. I'm fast-forwarding it, but... Still, yeah. that's where these guys are. They're in Ring of Honor. They're called the Righteous. They're doing one of these stupid ass gimmicks that they think is cool, but it's not. Um, so yeah, this with the comment of the day saying, "Wish Rob right. Zombie without shoes." And much, much like Rob Zombie, you look at him, and then you're like, "Huh?" And then you, he opens his mouth, and he's just some nerd. So you're like, "Oh, well, that kills it." And then that's it. That's basically what we get here. Five star Yo Jimbo right. says in the chat, Nick Wayne versus Roddick Strong for the new AEW title would be awesome. Five stars. Yeah. yeah. Five. Make it ten. Well, like, Jimbo. like we said last week, we're building up to that to that Nick Wayne versus Jack Perry main event at the next Fuck yep. this shit. That's all I'm saying. And I'm gonna <laughs> smash myself through a table and what and whatever it is there. But... Mm-hmm. If we see I, that, I'm I will just I'm not done. watch the pay per view. I just won't watch the pay-per-view. But I understand your commitment, Jimmy. No, no, no. How dare you? I thought I was really you to damn it. Right. Oh, that's why you're upset. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. You want the push. Uh, okay, so next up, well, Daniel Bryan comes out for a chat with Tony Schiavone. Um, he talks about how, uh, you know, his daughter wants him to retire when, he's about, when she's about seven. And uh, he's going to do that. And then... And then the crowd boos a little bit, and then he says, uh, but if you know me, uh, I'm not going to go anywhere until it's my time, because uh, oh. I'm not that kind of person. And he gets the crowd to cheer him and love him, even though he's still in the BCC, and he still tries to ha- offer to have somebody join the BCC, which is a heel group full of heels. That- I'm confused again. Is he babyface or a heel? Or is he just a babyface on Saturdays and a heel on Wednesdays? What's going on? <sighs> this company. Um Basically, he says that uh, I know what he is. He is going to have a wrestling match against Zack Sabre Jr. at Wrestle Dream, which is a pay-per-view that I didn't even know was happening. When is that? Uh, October 1st, actually, Chris. Coming up. Okay. I guess. 
Will we be dreaming, I feel like guys? we just had back-to-back -back fucking pay-per-views. I don't need another one for three months. Well, you're going to get another one. And guess what? After October 1st, you get another one November. Uh, mm -hmm. Joy. They're going. They're slowly creeping to 12 pay-per-views a It's a year. great time to be a wrestling fan. The yeah, best time a, to be a wrestling fan, boys. It's a fucking busy time to be a wrestling fan. Anyway. The best time, um, Chris. He's going to fight <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr., who calls himself the best technical wrestler in the world, but Brian doesn't think he is. Yay. Um, Ricky sure. Starks comes out. And he's not okay being put in the background. Ricky uh, says he's going to take, take and take because it's in his nature. Enzo Amore. Um, Danielson oh. bigs up Ricky Starks. He says, hey, listen, you're, you're, you're tough. And we always say if you want to be with us, you've got to bleed with us, which – just sounds really homoerotic yeah. again. That is um, homoerotic. A little bit. A little bit. Um, and then he, he looks mm. like he's going to offer him a spot in the BCC, but Big Bill jumps him, and he punches him a bunch of times, and oh then and then, and then Ricky stops guy. him. Ricky stops him, and he goes, Stop it. Hey, hey, Big Bill, stop punching Brian Danielson, because I want to do it. And then he jumps on Brian Danielson, and he starts beating him up. So... I continue to like this pairing. Um, John Moxley came out and he took a big boot for his trouble. And then both of the established former WWE world champions got beat up by Big Bill and uh, Ricky Starks. Mm -hmm. I actually liked that they did it this way. I'm happy that the, that the heels actually got the upper hand here. Um, not only because Mox just had a grueling 20-minute match against the extremely dangerous Action Andretti, but also because... This would be a really good way to make two guys. If you wanted to make Ricky Starks and Big Bill seem like a big deal, you <laughs> have them dominate a feud against Brian Danielson and John Moxley. This Ooh. was well done. But he's going to lose, though. That's the problem. Yeah. So what's the they're point, definitely going to lose the feud. But this was well done. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I don't have anything funny to say. This was actually a well done spot in the show. That tell me why I'm wrong. Oh, well, because, like, <laughs> it, this, this should be, again, this is a fireable offense. You attacked a man that we all know came back early from an injury that he sustained in a competitive environment, by the way. So That's true. when you get jumped by somebody outside the ring, we now have a, a precedent on air for fireable offenses and this is definitely one i'm the reason i keep and i'm going to continue to beat this dead horse is to show you how ridiculous it seems when someone gets fired for a physical altercation in a professional wrestling company and you book worse stuff than that at every possible opportunity like, we're not talking about a front face lock here. We're talking about mounted punches on a guy that's like three times smaller than you. He must be really thirsty. When he's supposed to be out there for an interview segment. So, yeah. this is where you, you, you people are like, and CM Punk is fire. Why? Like, that's what anybody thinks because we know this shit's not real. But now look what you're doing. You, you have changed everything. You have now made this public. At least... With the brawl out incident, they didn't talk about it. They didn't even yeah. mention it. 
CM Punk just disappeared with a championship and wasn't talked about for nine months. So at least you could say on the television program, well, they didn't really explain anything, but they didn't admit anything either. Mm-hmm. Now you've had Tony go on the broadcast and say what you said. He and now if you say that, right, he didn't say what happened, but he said something happened. So now if you're a fan and you're just watching the TV show, you're going to Google it and you're going to find out all this stuff that we all found out. And then you're going to go back and watch this or not. You're probably not. You're going to be like, like 20% of the audience did when he made that announcement and turned the channel Okay, so that's what you're going to do. And then everything, if you do stick around to watch, everything's going to seem silly because it's all like people getting beat to shit and bleeding all over the place when they're just backstage or on their way to the ring for the match and attacked by a dinosaur or in the ring for an interview and a giant man pummels you. And it's like, wait, what What did I read CM Punk was fired for? Like it just yeah it just really brings it to the forefront so i'm not ever going to let any of you forget it ever again whether you agree with the firing or disagree with the firing whatever your position is i am every time somebody on any wrestling show doesn't matter what it is wwe aw impact wrestling new japan pro wrestling which this doesn't usually happen but it will now um and so any any of these companies if they do something like this and i'm on a show and anybody, anytime somebody gets attacked outside the confines of a competitive match, I'm going to say they should be fired and everybody in the building should fear for their life. Yep. So get I, used uh, to it. The, you know, I, uh, I have, I don't usually, I don't have a lot of wrestling merch, but I do kind of want to buy that shirt I've seen floating around oh, that says, please. I'm a feared for his life guy. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Wait, is there a shirt oh. that fucking says I, that or no? Nah? Yeah. Yeah, there's a shirt. No I want to get that shirt. It's funny no. as fuck. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, tees? if you wanted to bring, if yeah, I'm pretty sure pro wrestling tees. Okay. If you wanted to bring this into the show, if you wanted to bring the whole situation into the show, and you wanted to keep it kayfabe, like how you wouldn't be able to. You'd have to be like uh, last night at All In, CM Punk uh, brought a bazooka to the backstage area. To try to murder everyone in the arena and i feared for my life and etc etc because otherwise you're just i don't know like it's so stupid to have brought it onto television like just you don't need to do that you just move on with the show and at some point in the show you have the fucking announcer say something to the effect of uh you know uh cm punk was released uh you know due to cause or whatever and you just move forward you a really quick fucking thing on the show from the announcers. You don't you don't come out and say, "Well, there was a there was a tiny scuffle. There was a little bit of a skirmish, haha, trademark, hmm. um, backstage, and uh, and we fired CM Punk because our owner feared for his fucking life." I just I can't. I just it's so stupid. But it, I, I'm with you, vet. Bring it up every fucking time anything happens because it's ridiculous. You got it, pal. <laughs> you got a pal. Yeah. Alrighty. So next up, we've got the main event. See, this is what happens. We when there's no news, and when I'm in a car with my kids, the show goes a lot quicker. So <laughs> we're at the main event. It's time for Penta versus Samoa Joe. So the question that I had at the beginning of this match was, 
uh, basically whose style is going to win out in the match because these guys have vastly different ideas about professional wrestling. And I thought, is Penta's nonsense or Samoa Joe's hard-nosed style uh, going to win out here? And the answer was mostly that Samoa Joe said, listen, Penta, we're going to have a wrestling match. I'm going to give you two flippy things to do, and that's the fucking end of it. We're not doing any of your stupid shit. Uh, this match was fine. It wasn't a great match. It was fine. But I, I walked away from this just being like, I fucking love Joe. Because Joe is just a no-nonsense kind of person, right? Like, he just is this guy who's going to go out there and go, um, you want to do a thing where it looks like you broke my arm, but then I finish the match with a choke? No, 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 no. You're going to try to set me into the, into the arm break thing. We're going to get everything that we can out of it with the threat of violence rather than the actual visual of violence, but then I'm going to counter it because... It wouldn't make sense for me to actually choke you out after you break my fucking arm. So, Samoa Joe continues to be a fantastic professional wrestler, shocking nobody, and wins this match. Vet, did I miss anything? Only that Samoa Joe should have been fired for what he did at All Out uh, when he grabbed <laughs> up uh, MJF on his way to the back and everything like that. MJF should be suspended and fear for his life. Samoa Joe should have been fired. Um, so other than that, though, for this, it seemed like everything took place between the bells. So I can't say that uh, anything from tonight should get him fired. Um, but, um, you know, the thing about Penta is I really like him, always have, even in Lucha Underground, funny enough, when he was the most Lucha-ist that he could ever possibly be. He wasn't one of the guys that did a lot of flips. He really still doesn't. He does that over-the-top rope flip on occasion, and he really, did it. He doesn't really do flips. You're right. Yeah, he, he, did, he did it on, on this night, um, but he doesn't always do it, and he does like to do too many Canadian Destroyers and things. And so there are some, some, some holes in his game that he, that he could shore up, but a lot of it is more like... Uh, you know, he could be a punch kick guy and he gets over on his look. Like, just look at him and that's most of what he needs to do right there. He's got the coolest, you know, outfit and stuff and the coolest face paint slash mask and all that stuff. Yeah, it's when he gets way too over the top with his Cerro Miedo thing, like where he does like the Cerro whole... Yeah. He Nieto. does. He, he, you he already does the, did that eighteen fucking times. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. He, he like he, that's why. he he daintily removes his glove finger by finger, and you know, and the person just stands there and watches. You know, like it, like some of that can go sometimes. Um, but of all the, the, with the yeah, of all the luchadors, um, Penta has the least to correct. So Joe probably doesn't have to say too much to him. Um, because a lot of it he, he kind of knows already. I think he just has a lot of fun out there and gets a little carried away at times, but mostly he's fine, uh, more grounded. So I, I like him, and it was a good a good pairing. The match was fine, like you said. Um, you know, I mean, what do you want? Samoa Joe, come on. Samoa Joe. Um, Samoa Joe's but, fucking awesome. Yeah, so I, it, it was it was a... It, it, collision has... Co collision has a kept up their tradition of having a mostly fast forwardable show um 
until uh, you get to the main event in which, you know, you may want to actually put some time in. I do believe we skipped over Keith Lee's backstage promo. Oh, yes, we did. Um, which is fine because it was nothing revolutionary or groundbreaking, but because Keith Lee is one of my people that uh, I order off the a la carte menu, uh, I just thought it fair to mention it. Um, well, if what I'm if what I'm fancy hearing one is, piece, if, uh, what sweater. If, if what I'm hearing is is correct, poor Keith Lee. <laughs> poor Keith Lee. Poor Big Ken. Rail. Don't call him that. Don't call him that, Jimmy. Don't insult him, man. Okay, Crab Cat then. <laughs> Rail. You, you call him. You call him the limitless one. Oh yes, the limitless one. Yeah. Yep. I. You know, at, at one point, I just want the ring announcer to do that fucking that that thing properly. Because I always, because he, he he introduces him and it's for he is limitless Keith Lee, but he that should announce his weight first, right? <laughs> Weighing in at four hundred and ten pounds, for he is limitless yeah. Keith Lee. <laughs> yep. That's then you can make his weight whatever you want because yeah. he's limitless. He's limitless. Keith Lee. Jimmy, what'd you think yeah. of the main event? Uh, first of all, this went way too long. Right, and if you're building Joe again with, we all, we all knew Joe was gonna fucking win, right? So, th this is the pet peeve I've got, and I don't understand. You build towards Joe and MJF, right? Mm -hmm. Only for Joe, he's gonna win. The, he's won the tournament. He's gonna win the tournament, right? So it's like we know this. You're already giving it away. Why not fucking do the MJF Joe thing uh, until after the tournament? That way, it's not as fucking obvious, right? Mm, you think point. you know what i'm saying but no instead we we say we see it and then joe says i'm gonna win the tournament he will he did that's that i mean it's stupid and did penta give him a black eye did anyone notice his black eye anyone might have that's all right he did that gave him a black eye so zero miedo to you penta he probably did it with his glove so i guess he needs to be fired too right vet uh, he, he attacked yeah, someone as as with, a, with an was... object yeah, as long quiet. as the match was, as long it's okay. Whatever happens once the bell rings is clearly <laughs> legal. We've proven that in AEW many times. Clearly, clearly. I mean, shit. It's not a bad working environment or nothing. Just saying. But yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think Penta should be fired. Should be fired for Zero Miedo all the time. And why the fuck for a guy that hardly wrestled in Japan? Why is one of his finishes called from Japan? Whatever the hell it's called. Made, Made in, Japan, in Japan, sorry. That's the one, yeah. Why? It's just what Why the not... move is called because Takagi uses it. Okay, he right. I think well, he named it that back in Dragon Gate or whatever, so... Okay, if you, If no one else does that move... Now, uh, what's her name? Um, Jordan Grace doesn't call it that. She called it the Grace Driver because she's a bitch. But, you know, at <laughs> least... At least, uh, you know... At least Penta, if he's going to steal the move or like Excalibur and Kevin Kelly are going to call the move what they know that move is. They're not going to, maybe well, Penta thinks it's called the Penta driver, but um, it should be the, the, the announcer is going to call what they know. Fair enough. No, that's cool. Good answer. So thanks for telling me that. But, um, and I knew that with Tagaki, but the thing is, he's even got Japanese writing on his flap on his mask. If you notice, I'm talking about he does Penta, like Japan. Yeah, well, why doesn't Japan actually book him? I think he'd be a, a good fit in New Japan. Because he's a triple A. Oh, the politics. New, New Japan only New Japan only works with CMLL. CMLL, so. right. Yeah. Damn politics. So silly, man. 
And maybe one of those on... other companies could book him. Possibly. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you mm. know what's cool, though? The thing about Pentavent, he's looking great right now, man. I think he looks in career best sort of shape, right? He's been showing off his body. Why not fucking change his look a little bit? Fucking fuck the... Well, there goes Chris. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's coming back or not, but hopefully he does. Okay. Um, you know, why shouldn't he, shouldn't he change his look a little bit, take off the shirt, be sort of topless? He's in great shape. It would sort of freshen up his character a little bit. Enough nah. of this Zero Miedo bullshit. And fucking, let's have uh, Abrihantes get the fuck fired at this point. He's the fakest manager I've seen in my life, Vet. Well, as long as he's not attacking anybody backstage, you don't need to fire. Oh, true. But, That's true. That's true. But uh, no, Pen, no, Pen, see, Pentagon can't, he doesn't have the kind of physique where you want to take a shirt off. Trust me. doesn't matter what kind of shape he's in. He's only going to be in so good a shape. So he wants you to have so? that. Yeah, because uh, let's just say it's better that he just wears what he wears because you can always change that up. Even if it's the same basic outfit, you can change right. the colors. You can change the, the designs. You can do all that stuff. Um, but he's got his look and it's the look people come to expect. You don't want to be a fan of somebody and then have them completely change the look when the look is mostly what, I mean, look, anybody, anybody and almost everybody these days can do what, penta does in the ring so what sets him apart is entirely his look so don't change that fair enough that's that's cool go chris what you talking about yeah sorry no basically what happened was you guys started talking about japanese wrestling and i was like fuck it i'm leaving uh no just kidding just kidding uh i'm just fucking with you guys um all right so yeah um it was a decent show i'm gonna give this a c um but again, like it's starting to become more and more like, you know, like the way Vet has described it since the beginning, where there's parts of this show where I have absolutely no fucking interest in. And then there's parts of the show where, oh, I like this guy. Let's see what they're doing. Samoa Joe has a match. Okay, I'll watch it because I, I know Samoa Joe will have good matches. Um, but it's becoming even worse now that it's basically Lucha Underground without any of the cool things that made Lucha Underground good. So... Looking forward to next week when we have, uh, I don't know, Ring of Honor, but without, well, I was going to say without anything that makes Ring of Honor good, but Jay Briscoe died, unfortunately, so there's not a lot that ever made Ring of Honor good that's left, so. Um, yeah, we're going to give it a C. Vet, what was your grade for the show? Well, uh, last week, I believe I gave it a D-plus bordering on a C-minus because Jay White was on the show. With no Jay White, uh, it can be anything greater than a D minus, and that's only because uh, it, in a vacuum, divorced of all context, Darby Allen had a good match, and uh, <laughs> and and also um, a cardboard cutout of Jay White appeared, and Keith Lee appeared, and Jade Cargill came back, and. I'm trying to think of anything I cared about at all on the show. Samoa that Joe. That was pretty much it. Even Samoa Joe was fine, but I've seen enough of Samoa Joe in my life, so he's not as important. So he's more of like a consolation. Like, well, we at least we have Samoa Joe. And I'm like, all right, I will accept this without rioting. All right, so your final grade? Is D minus. D minus. All right, Jimmy T. 
I will say D plus for dynamite. That's why I'm giving it a D. <laughs> it's a dynamite dynam plus. It's a dynamite plus, literally. That's why. So yeah, D plus for me because it is dynamite plus. Right. Well, that's that's unfortunately exactly how I feel about this show now. So wonderful. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That, tell the people where they can find you. Well, you can find me on all your favorite social media platforms at Opinion Haver. So whether that's Twitter or X, whether that's Instagram, whether that's any of your favorites, check it out. And check out twitch.tv slash Opinion Haver, which I'll be in about 15 minutes if you want to ask more questions about uh, all the wonderful things on this show. Um, that, that, or anything else you want to talk about. That's where I'll be. So twitch.tv slash have Very easy to find. You can find me on Monday night on uh, the uh, Impact Attack, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. If you want to join us live for a chat, which you should, Brandon and myself cover it. These two gentlemen have both been on the show, and they're lovely. Uh, we'll have you both back on again, uh, maybe separately, uh, very soon. Um, but it's, I think it's Jimmy's turn. So whenever I feel like I should ask him to watch an episode of Impact, I will. This is not the weekend. We're gonna. Uh, there's gonna be like three shows I gotta watch. So I'm not looking yeah. forward to that. Um, I saw a trending vet just before. Why? They had the 1,000. Oh yeah. Right. And Nitro, a, like Saturday a special, Nitro. a special pay-per-view episode or something. I don't know. Look, I, I'll, I'll I'll find out when I have to watch it. Right now, I'm just not thinking about that right now. Uh, and uh, every Wednesday, uh, Next Level Wrestling Review. Um, Ray Hernandez, myself, uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. If you want to join us live on YouTube and Twitch, check us out. Talk about NXT. I don't like that shit either, but I'll talk about it. And then, um, and I'll and I'll see you guys. Um, both of which have also been on the show. Thank you very much. Your lovely guests. We'll have you back again very soon. Uh, unfortunately, Chris's schedule doesn't work out with the mornings, but whenever he does get a free morning, I told him just give us the Iggy so that we can have him on when he's able. Uh, then we've got um, shit, wrestling with Rib Rogers on every Friday except when they're not uh, they had an interview for members only of Gerald Briscoe uh, so they talked to Jerry Briscoe for two hours the video is telling wow. me it's two hours when am I going to have time to listen to that I don't know but even if I'm not on wrestling with Rib Rogers they reference me every week and it's very funny so uh, you know I've got my own running gags that they use on the show like concrete and the fact that I know everybody in California, what, is, what does that mean? Uh, you'll just have to watch Wrestling with Rip Rogers to find out. And uh, check out Stevie Richards. Check out his fitness channel. Check out his wrestling analysis channel. Check out his Patreon. Check out everything Stevie Richards. Um, he's doing great stuff and very entertaining. He's got a new series he's doing where he goes over like uh, how people do like moves properly. He did a superplex version with, uh, with Bret Hart. He also did a... Uh, Russian leg sweep uh, video with, mm -hmm. where he breaks down Bret Hart doing moves. He, it's so fucking cool. Go, like, go watch that. If you're a fan of pro wrestling, go watch that. You're gonna get insight into things that, like, it's it's like going to wrestling school without actually learning how to do the shit. But you're mm -hmm. actually like getting an education into pro wrestling by watching Stevie Richards break stuff down. So good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so glad he's doing something with wrestling because the thing is. Uh, the WWE has a way of making people hate wrestling, and if mm. you work there, it's even more so. So Stevie yeah. has not been cool with wrestling for quite some time, That's even true. though he has to review Raw and SmackDown every week with uh, Russo Brand on ChannelAttitude.com. But 
with this, he's able to choose what he wants to be involved with, and he looks like he's having a lot of fun. He sounds like he's having a lot of fun. And from my interactions with him, you know, through messages, it seems like he's having a lot of fun. So let some of that fun kind of rub off on you and check out his stuff. He just put out a video 23 minutes ago as of this recording saying thank wow. you for your patience and channel content moving forward. So the man is unstoppable. Not even a spine infection can stop him. Uh, the one time he didn't sell, uh, it was, was that, <laughs> that deadly spine infection. So check out all of that stuff that I told you to check out. And, you know, I'm on Hami Media Group everywhere. I could be on this show. I could be on Monday Locker Room. I could be on, if I felt like talking about Dynamite, I could be on Light the Fuse. Because a lot of times Ben just does the show solo. But um, I decided to give you guys a break from me. Uh, so that's why I'm not on every single literal show that's on Hami Media Group, probably. We're going to try to get you on the Smack Attack soon so that we can try to keep you around for a podcast that lasts like two hours and 45 minutes. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, screw ooh, both of you. I was on the show for over three hours yesterday. Yeah, you're okay. Well, that's, that's your fault, Jimmy. If you're going to let John talk that long, instead well, of cutting him off host. and... You gotta learn. Yeah. You gotta learn the cutoff as a heel. You cut the you cut the baby face off and tell him to go sell somewhere, and then start getting some heat. And then you take it home early if you want. Uh, that's how you the do one it. that does it good, man. He just disappears. Doesn't say nothing. Just, yeah, just leaves. So, They'll just be in the middle of talking about something, yeah. and I just it's log like, off. Yeah, and then he'll he'll yeah, go. This is this is the greatest podcast in the history of our business. And I gotta go. Good night. <laughs> So I couldn't do that and just leave him on his own, man. But yeah, that was a record for me, man. It went over three hours. God damn it. Well, besides that, Jimmy, where, can, where else can they find you? Well, you can find me right here on The Wreckage every Sunday morning where, after the collision, boys, we sift through The Wreckage. Yeah, that's better. That's the better. Wreckage. Also, the Bears. <laughs> NFL kickoff. <laughs> Lucha also, above ground. Yes, Lucha above ground. Also... It's unhinged, it's unsanctioned, it's uncaged. Every Friday after Rampage, where me and the professor also did a great show this past Friday night. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it was a great show, actually. You guys can check it out. But also, please like and subscribe, like the vet said, at channelattitude.com, where you, for five bucks, you get the best talk in all of pro wrestling. And also, you can check out these fine gentlemen's shows as well as myself. And also, hamidmediagroup.podbean.com for all our affiliate shows and channel attitude uh channel attitude the pwc network.popping.com for all our other shows and that's a wrap for me boys oh and if you want to follow me you can at dj mass effect you can follow us at the pwc network on the x and that's it for me that's right x gonna give it to you um gonna give it to you all right you can find me on twitter i'm actress sam's one you can go there to see everything i have to say about politics pro wrestling whatever the hell else i feel like talking about you can also find me on the PWC Network this week. You can find you can uh, listen to me and Jimmy review uh, Monday Night Raw. I watched Monday Night Raw. I don't know how big of a deal it is that I that I watched Monday Night Raw, but I did because I really wanted to see Gunther and Chad Gable. Uh, they did a good job. They did a really good job. So uh, you can also go there and you can listen to me on the Wednesday Night Skirmish, which me and Jimmy will get up eventually. I apologize everybody for not being out i can honestly say without any question it is my fault and not jimmy's fault that the skirmish hasn't come out this week i have just been ridiculously busy i am in thunder bay currently which is why you're which is why i'm doing this over the phone um but uh next week everything will be back to normal everything will be regular again and any delays will be jimmy's fault uh, <laughs> um, 
You can find me right here on Hami Media Group and the channelattitude.com. Uh, you can find me on a number of shows that I do regularly. The Smack Attack, uh, Rampage Uncaged, and this one right here, uh, 10 o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, after the after the collision, we sift through the wreckage. The wreckage. Thank you. You can also find me as I uh, guest appear on a number of shows. Most recently, my guest appearance was on Impact Attack. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and I was glad to do it. Um, yes, other than that, you can find me absolutely nowhere because I'm sneaky like that. Uh, thank you to the chat. Thank you to everybody who was a part of the show. Um, you guys are awesome, wonderful. Thank you. Um, we'll be back to doing things normally. You'll see me in front of a actual, like, you know, in front of an actual computer with my headset on again, um, basically as soon as tomorrow. And uh, other than that, thank you very much. We love you. Goodbye. Ole. Ole.
the champions, the championships, and made those challenges well, extra talk special. About a champion with a long championship run. Look no further to your right hand side, Nigel McGuinness, hey. and the longest ring of honor world championship reigns of all time. Talk about more more guts than brains. Look at the strength here from Robin. You fought through injury after injury to hang on to that title and continue to win for all that time as ROH world champ. The pride of a champion is second to none. All right, so whose side are you on? You got to pick a side. Are you are you on Roderick's side or are you with MJF in this whole deal? Oh, I like to cool things down the middle. I like to be objective. Let's get back to this match. It's going on right now. Oh, that lander took her eyes off of Robin for a second. Certainly lives up to that renegade name, that renegade style. Watch these strikes if she starts to uncork them. Robin, can, she does not get cheated, and here is a cover with the leg hook. After Robin faced Billy Starks on Ring of Honor, both Robin and Charlotte attacked Starks, and that would have been the end of it were it not for unlikely Arrow and the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, Athena. And there we see Charlotte, never too far away from the action with referee Mike Posey. Well, the Renegade sisters are from Dayton, Ohio. I'm not sure whether Cleveland have anything against Dayton. So it will be Roderick Strong versus Darby Allin, semi-final number one, Grand Slam World Title Eliminator. All right, I never sat there with a stopwatch, but Mike Bennett and Matt Taven will say, oh, Adam Cole got down to the ring faster for MJF than he did for you, Roddy. Well, there's certainly something to that, but whoever wins, whoever advances, either would be a great challenger for MJF as the AEW champion. Oh! Close line, and now the back elbow. Statlander with the answer. So impressed the way Chris Statlander overcame the challenge. Emmy Sakura, great champion in her rights past Wednesday on Dynamite. Statlander, the charge and the running elbow. Certainly a very confident champion in the part of Statlander. You can see both knees with the strong bracing cover. The Blue Thunder and how about, come on now. Whoa. Charlotte risking disqualification. We were just showing some concern. That's a veteran move right there. And involved the holding the distraction. It'll pay off if Robin gets the win, new champion. No. Is this the upset? Shoots the half. Good cover. Center of the ring, but Chris Statlander able to kick out. Well, right now, though, Robin Renegade clearly in the driver's seat. And for a second, it looked like she didn't know what to do with it. Oh, no, and got caught. Absolute worst place. Up on the shoulders. Oh, and down. With the power of Statlander there. Oh. Charlotte, I don't think there's any saving for Robin at this moment in time. Hang on a second, standing switch. Statlander goes to the ropes. Roll through, roll up, and got it. Winner of this match, the TBS champion, Chris Statlander. Oh, no! Second. Top statement. The Renegade Sisters attacking the TBS champion. Embittered Robin Renegade with Sister Charlotte holding. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? It is.
Jackson to Cleveland are up. Dave Cargill. Who's 60? Match. Winning streak was stopped at the hands of Chris Statlander. Now coming down as Statlander is in deep trouble. September 20th, Dynamite Grand Slam. Will it be Roddy, Joe, or Penta to take on MJF at Arthur Ashe Stadium? Wednesday, September 20th. Nigel, that is huge. It certainly is a huge matchup for whoever advances to face on MJF. And you have to think, though, this coming Wednesday, Roderick Strong would love to face Samoa Joe because it was Samoa Joe who injured his neck in the first place. And we heard, uh-oh, yep. And hot shot. Slow it down. Joe takes over. And then you just wonder how much more collateral damage that Penta can withstand. So Penta, having been driven into the corner. Uh, even Joe, when he gives, executes a snap mare, Nigel, he hurts you. He, he, he turns. The viciousness, the torque when he grabs your neck. I've wrestled Samoa Joe a number of times. There's Roderick Strong. Knows that Wednesday, bad neck and all, Nigel. He gets the winner. I wonder really just how bad that neck is. Just ask Nigel. He's well, like no, a chiropractor. I, I don't like what you're insinuating there. Are you trying to I, I say that well, Roderick Strong is in some way faking his injury? I'd say, well, it's a possibility. He thinks thou doth protest too much, Nigel. He watches this show back. You know that. Well, just expressing an opinion. I'm sure a lot of folks out there watching feel the same way. Well, they can be their opinion themselves. Roderick Strong is a brave and a courageous competitor, and he will face whoever he has to face to get that title opportunity against MJF. Because it's MJF who stole his best friend, Adam Cole, away from him. How many man crushes around here is all I got to say. Well, listen, it's an emotional state that we live in nowadays. My pal Chris Sampson gave us some stat nuggets at DeeChrisSampsonTwitterSportOfForWrestling.com. The longer this match goes, the more it actually favors Penta, believe it or not. Joe wins, and he wins fast. Opponent could drag Joe past 10, 12 minutes, 
it plays much more to the opponent's favor. Cover two. Course it does, and it's, it's obvious. Joe's 310 pounds. He, he, he's going to he's, he's going to get his brakes. He's got to hit the brakes at some point in time. Well, you can see that's what he's doing now. When he has the advantage, he realizes I'm going to pause, I'm going to think, rethink my strategy, and then I'm moving forward. It's no wasted motion. Put some more oxygen in those lungs. That's the fuel that runs the athlete, the oxygen. Joe's average winning time over eight minutes, but when he hasn't found victory, boy, the matches has got closer to 13. And we're getting north of there. Of course, there is TV time remaining here in this one. All I know is that this is Joe's tournament to win. It's not his tournament to lose. I think he's going to win this tournament. That's a big statement right now. Because if Joe can beat Penta, that's one hell of an accomplishment. Yes, it is. No doubt. Penta looking for that grand slam. Boy, that is certainly impressive, Nigel. That certainly is. Uh-oh. He's not been in everything else he's won. He and Kenny Omega are so bizarre. That's right across the bridge with the nose. Got it. Oh, wow. Taste quickens. Who has the advantage? Pinta. Taste quickens. Pinta with the off. Uh-oh. Shades of Roderick Strong there. Now uh -huh. in the back two. Oh, Pinta hooked a leg. Because of the big midsection, the strength of the core of Samoa Joe, he was not able to get the hips across the shoulders to force the three count. And JR, to your point, a lot of people hand wave a match like this. They say, yes, it is Samoa Joe. He's on track. Yeah. But Penta has done it all. Saved the world title here in AEW. Penta has his style exactly fitted to beat Samoa Joe. Oh. The quickness, the speed, those kicks coming out. No! Something like that happened. Yep, it could be over. Ooh, almost three. That's hard near fall. And look at Joe's expression. Joe's face is telling us a story, fellas. Take another look here. A look at disbelief on the face of Joe. Just watch here. Wham! The torque. Like being on a roller coaster all the way down, and you can't get much closer to three without it being three. And then split last second. Penta stays alive. That may have been a, a almost a scare tactic because, golly, Joe's not been that close to being pinned in a long time. How about Penta now? He's hot. This is what's it? What's the word? El Fuego. El Fuego. Fuego. Joe looks out. He's barely moving. Fatigue setting in, is that the question? Yeah, well, that kick may have dimmed his lights. Can Pencil capitalize? Two! We talked earlier about anybody potentially being knocked out. We've closely seen it now. This though, a pivotal moment. Can Penta take the opportunity? As I said, it takes a hell of a man to beat some more, Joe. But Penta has all the qualifications to do just that because of oh. picks unabated. Two. And I don't know how many unabated kicks Joe can withstand, but I suggest we're on the narrow side of that right now. Penta is a stud. What's he looking for here, Nigel? Looking for the submission. But now the strength of Samoa Joe. Oh, in front of the tummy drop. Where I came from. Bam. Oh, and the Joe move around at 310. Senton two and no! That is why Joe is so effective. He'll cover up, then take some damage. Almost reverse version of Rumpadope. And then he'll come back with a passion. No, I'm sorry. I just, 
I saw those eyes. I locked onto Joe's eyes. I couldn't take my, my, my eyes off his. Certainly dominant and imposing. Lucy landed on his feet there, but oh, is he a target? Joe says, I see it, but Penta comes at it from another direction. Penta's so athletic. He's a superstar, this guy. Oh, oh, wow. And he's got the formula to beat Samoa Joe. And I didn't think I'd be saying that, but what I'm seeing tells me otherwise. Well, as we approach the end of TV time remaining, I just got word. Tony Khan says this match continues. We'll stay on the air. So we're going to get a finish tonight. Boy, oh boy, it is TV time remaining. Let him fight. Let him fight. Penta is in fuego. Speaking of spines, how's that match early tonight with Barbie Allen? Oh, his spine. My God in heaven. Samoa Joe never met a dive he couldn't move out the way of. He's smart. And this will do it. Two and two. Oh, no! Penta want to win this thing. Come on, yeah, that was awesome. Penta fighting, reaching down, showing exactly what he's made of. Joe that's, smelling blood. That's a star. Oh, wait a second. To a correct oh. start. The hooks are in. The submissions are. And the, light, tap. the lights are going out for Penta. That's it. He taps. No other choice. But a courageous stone was a tap. Grand Slam. World Championship. Eliminator that quickly, Samoa Joe can beat your ass. champion, Samoa Joe. How's Roddy going to hit end of heartache? On Samoa Joe. The eyes of the devil are staring into the match with Roderick Strong. This Wednesday on Dynamite, finals of the Grand Slam World Title Eliminator Tournament, Roddy versus Joe, and so much more. That's it for Collision. We'll see you Wednesday.
The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to.